Nice. Nice. So guys, we're going to go to the open forum here. So if everybody just kind of get ready, I'm going to start questions, but I, th I think anybody that has a question for anybody else in the group, go ahead and shoot. So I'm going to start with Chris and Tim. And that is, you know, what's a way to bring you guys in? If I'm sitting there and say, say I'm hiring you, I'm not a company, right? How do I you bring can't you afford me? What, what should I be looking at? I can't afford you. I know that, buddy. <laughs> I can't afford you. I can't play guitar and keep up with you. Got it. Nope, you can't. You can try. You can try, but you can't. It's okay. <laughs> so if I'm looking at my list, right? Steve talks about picking out a game changer, right? Jason talks about the journey um, and, and helping people get to the right solution. Britt talks about making sure that customer experience is good. But starting back at the front end, say I've got a list. And by the way, you know, I send you a list and Tim, I think said a thousand names. I send you a list with a thousand names. What should I be looking at? Define looking at, what, what, what do you mean what should be looking at? So, so, yeah, so here's my assessment. People go out and they buy lists, whether it's list brokers or services or whatever. And they say, I wanna to sell to the director of sales and I wanna sell to a director of sales that's a company between 5 million and $50 million a year. And I go buy the list and I send it to you guys and go set me a bunch of appointments. Correct. What, what are you looking for? I, I'm now should, I, I, should, should I be refining it further? Right? Yes. Yes. You should be refining it just a little bit further. Cause that, that's a very broad range scope that we're going to look at, you know, and, and, and if it can be more defined based on customer size, maybe technologies that they're working with or things like that, the more refined the list is, the better the results that you can have. We can take that. We have, we have taken a list of a thousand names from, from, from prospective clients. They've got to say, this is a great list. We've done our messaging, thrown it over the technology, brought it back. And there were like uh, 700 bounce backs that they, you know, they, they, no one, no one did their job with regards to that, or there, there's just not enough of, uh, uh, of data proven for that. When you buy a list from a broker or a broker list, most of the time those lists are not very good. And then, you know, that, that's, you have to really refine it yourself. If you look at your database that you have currently, maybe customers that you've worked with in the past or people that you have so, not sold to refining that there can be something that can be worked out that way. You know, it's kind of interesting. Chris kind of hit on something, but, we have a tendency with, with our company for some reason that companies want to always start with their worst list, right? They want to give us the list that is that has they've beaten up 17 times and they send it to us. Now we've got a platform called Never Bounce that allows us to run that through the ringer and it actually sends a ping out to make sure that the emails are valid. So to Chris's point, we can always, you know, we get a list of a thousand names and we can come back and say, you know, only 355 of those are actually good. The rest of those are old or aged, whatever. We're only as good as the list. I mean, make no mistake, we aren't doing anything that is out of the ordinary. We're only as good as the list that they provide us. So the better granularity within that list um, that hits their target audience, the better off we are. I mean, you know, if we're, if we're gonna, if they wanna sell to, uh, directors of technology and they, uh, you know, in mid-sized companies and they give us a list of, you know, salespeople, it's just not going to work. We're only as good as the list they provide. We, we can't, we're, there's no magic. And, and, and I can speak from a staffing perspective. Like I, I, we were working with a company that gave me a list of a thousand names and I looked at the list without even running it through our system. I said, this list is not very good because it was people that are in HR sourcing and procurement. 
Those are the three people I do not want to talk to in contract staffing, HR, sourcing, and procurement. No offense to those people. They do a great job, but I want to be introduced to those people after I've sold it to the director of development, after I've sold it to the director of software, after I've sold it to the director of mobility applications. Yeah. Guy gave me that list, and I, I gave it back to him and said, this list will have no results for what we're looking for. You need to refine it and know your customer. And we try to help them with that. And sometimes somebody has to have a, a tough talk with them about that to make sure that, hey, these are the right people to talk to. Yeah, we, 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 that, that's the key, Tim, is, is, again, we don't provide any mag magic, but granularity and, and being focused on the right demographic is, is the key to our success. Nice. So I put you guys in the hot seat first. Do you have questions for anybody else on the panel? Jason, do you, do you find that like with the people that you're working with, you know, and, and they're working with salespeople that are either unmotivated or not, not at their number. I mean, do they, do somebody have said, you what can I do to make these people better? I mean, most people are like, well, just have them make more calls, have them send out more emails, you know, and, and maybe they're not hitting the right people. Or do you think that our service could help acclimate that with, with people going forward? Uh, so I think it's, it's usually comp it's more complicated and not as simple. I know. It's it's kind of it's kind of what Tim was talking about when he and I were chatting is you know about um, you know selling a complicated solution to a client with a sales person who's not successful. It could be many things. It could be the skill. It could be the will. It could be the tools that they have. Right. This is where Brit and what Brit does. Like I'm a huge sales ops person and giving the salesperson all the tools they can use, all the automation, all the right stuff, all the right tools in the toolbox so they can focus on one thing, which is what they're there for, which is the thing that we need humans to still do is have conversations with another human and move that person forward, right? That's the one part we haven't fully replaced with robots yet. Yeah. When we do, salespeople are really screwed and we're getting close. But for now, we need hey now. humans Wait. to talk to humans for now. Um, and as, a, as an organization, the goal is to fill in everything around them. And to your question, then is it the leads, right? Because it's always the leads. Yeah, salespeople, it's always the leads. Um, but is it the leads in the conversations or are they not motivated and they don't know why? Did they fall into sales? Have they gotten zero training? Um, most likely what you see in the moment is somebody who's been bloodied in sales and have failed a bunch without training and without the desire to keep going and they're just stuck. So sometimes you can get them unstuck by focusing on the motivation, giving them the right tools, helping them have those conversations. Sometimes it is the leads. Sometimes they're doing what they can, but they're just knocking on the wrong doors. And uh, it takes services like yours to refine and be like, okay, again, we're not gonna call HR managers. Like that's, that's basically dumb, right? Like that's not our target. Yeah. That's gonna lead to just a thousand punches in the face and no one can sustain that. Right. And that's where all of this combined is important. And the, and the other thing is, 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 and Jason, you said this in Brit, sometimes you, know, you talk about people not being a cheesy salesman. I am a cheesy salesperson. Eventually you have to be somewhat cheesy on these things to, to do this stuff. And, and I, I, I try not to, to, to sound like, you know, I got a car on the lot for you, you know I mean? But it, it, it does boil down to that. You know, I, I'm, I'm more consultive now than ever before, but eventually you're going to be that cheesy salesperson is going to ask, are we going to do this or not? And people, no one ever wants to ask that question because then you're at the point where it's yes or no. And me, I hear no a lot more than yes, because you have to bring that cheesy salesperson out to ask, are we going to do this? And that's, and that's part of what we do. Go ahead, Tim. No, do you guys ever, do you guys ever, you probably, everybody here probably has Tom Peters selling books that, that were popular in the eighties, 
and early 90s. Just You're dating all of us, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, but just um, just incredible stuff. But you go back and you reread that stuff and you and you look at it and you're thinking, wow, we have progressed so far in understanding. I mean, it was great stuff at the time. And in, in when you're a new sales guy, it was like, oh, this is innovative as heck. And then we look back and you read that stuff today from then. And it's like, wow. Or Tom Hopkins. I said Tom Peters. Tom Peters was the, uh, the search of excellence guy. Uh, but Tom Hopkins. Yeah. So anyway. Interesting stuff. I apologize. Jason, anything you have for the group? Um, so, you know, I, I think the, the biggest thing would be, you know, for Brit, because uh, like I said, with the systems in the toolbox, what's, what's some of the biggest things you see that has like the most impact? And of course, this is like, okay, pick the one thing, right? Which I always dislike when people ask me that, but I'm going to do it to you anyway, um, which is like that yeah. system, that sales ops, that, that thing that you see that's usually, usually missing and usually most impactful. Like if they did this one thing, it would enable their sales team to just do better at their job. What's, what, are, yeah. what are those things that you're seeing? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you the one concept and then I'll cheat and I'll, I'll make it branch out into a few different things, right? So the concept is single source of truth, right? So what is the single source of truth to go understand the expectations for my job and my role, right? And, and I think that's huge, right? Expectations are happiness. And it's not just expectations of, hey, hit your number. But what does that really mean every day, every week, every month? I love what Steve said about the quarterly business reviews, you know, setting out the expectations for here's what we're going to do, you know, over, over the time frame of a year. And here's the best way to kind of back into that number. But what is that single source of truth for my expectations? What's the single source of truth for our sales process and our customer journey? Where do I go to get that information? And that kind of dovetails into training, Right. But I'll keep mentioning that over and over again, that single source of truth is so critical because I think Salesforce said, you know, that um, they did a survey and this is a really popular statistic, but salespeople spend like 35% of their time selling. So 65% of their time, what are they doing? They're chasing their tail. They're looking for data. They're going here, they're going there. And we want those guys on the phone, right? <laughs> and gals. So that single source of truth concept is really, really important. Um, and so that's one of the very first things that I'll establish when I go in and talk to a company. I say, okay, where do you send people for information? And when you send them there, is it nice and clean? Is it easy to understand? Do they understand the expectations of their job? And just like Jason, you're shaking your head. 100% of the time, it's no, right? And a lot of the guidance, you know, and this goes back to what Steve was saying, which I think is really important is, you know, the guidance is hit your number. Well, I think honestly, that's Bush League leadership, Right. Leaders should be coaching on a constant basis. And, and I've worked with companies in the past where, you know, I tell companies all the time, I say, I'm not going to come in here and blow your mind with like some cool new software or something. Like to me, I, I use the exercise analogy. Like that's the equivalent of telling somebody, if you want to get in shape, here's a diet pill. No, I'm going to say, well, are you taking a walk every day? Are you getting some sunshine? Are you getting enough rest? Do you have a good diet? It's the exact same thing for your business. You know, so just these real fundamental things. Um, so I branched out in a lot of areas, but that's, that's my little spiel on single source of truth and making things easy for your sales team. 
I love it. I I think that's great. I love that single source of truth. It's it's so, so sure. And maybe collectively, what we should do is figure out that diet pill for companies. We just give it to them, and like they can instantly go into the matrix or whatever, uh, and charge them a fortune for it. We'll charge oh, them a yeah. fortune. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody's got to take take the red pill or the green pill, and then we'll figure all your problems will be solved. <laughs> well, well, people think that's Salesforce today, right? Oh, I'll just buy Salesforce, and magically, I'll, we'll just start hitting our numbers. It's like. No, I'm it, sorry. It, sales, <laughs> Salesforce is a great tool and it can help people hit their numbers and it'll help run their days. But it's not, they, they, they preach it as the be-all, end-all and it's not. It's an added-on tool along with leadership and your own yeah. prospect management to get yourself at your number. Uh, I, I use it. I know how to use it. I could probably be an administrator if I had to, but, uh, but, and I'm not, but, but you know, it, it, it's, a, it's an, another tool. There are so many of them out there that people have to use and you got to find the right one. One of the things I pound people on constantly when I'm working with sales leaders is they want to treat everything like it's an algorithm, right? And Jason kind of talked about the the people still talking to people. And I have a friend who's CEO of a sales AI company, and it's all pre-built scripting and it's AI responses. And it's a brilliant solution for contact center, but for complex selling, not quite there yet. Um, But you look at it and what I love is, and I made the joke earlier, people will say, yeah, but I've got this in the CRM. Doesn't matter who CRM, by the way. It's in the CRM, so it's going to close. Dude, it's not Google, right? We're not predicting behavior. I don't have all the metadata into the decision process and everybody else involved, right? That's why that works on Facebook and Google. And it's exactly why that same logic doesn't work in B2B sales. So... I'm off my soapbox. Britt, it's okay. It's okay. Questions for the group. (laughs) Oh, no. I mean, well, just, you know, just, just feedback, you know, just, I I love everything that that everyone is saying. And I think we're all like-minded around just some of this fundamental stuff, you know, as we, as we kind of go into the future, I was just, I was actually talking to my wife about this because I'm talking to a company right now and, and they do, they actually are doing a great job with their sales process. It's more of kind of what I'm helping them with what happens after the sale, right. And they're having some, some bottlenecks in their delivery. And so we're working through that. Um, but one of the reasons that they're successful is that their sales team is just constantly on the phone, constantly engaging with, with partners. They're not getting too wrapped up in their CRM, right? It's just old school selling. And I was telling my wife, I, I said, uh, I looked up a stat for them because I said, you guys do a really great job with this because as we move into the future, everybody's using Slack and everybody's texting and emailing and it's like, guys, that's not going to get it done. And some people are surprised when they hear me say that because I'm known as now as like a rev ops sales ops guy. I'm like, it's it's people at the end of the day. And people have been talking to people for, I, I looked it up, was 50,000 to 2 million years is the estimate, right? That we've been using verbal communication as a race, right? And, and we've had texting for 10 to 20 years. And it's like, guys, we're, we're not there yet with this whole texting thing. And it actually makes things much, much harder, much more difficult than just hanging and just talking and, and working through problems. And, and um, again, you know, just the coaching that Steve was talking about and everything that's these fundamental practices, they're never going to go away. And the reason that they won't go away is they get results. They're, they're great. You know? So I I just, I've I've really enjoyed the conversation what everybody brought to it today. It's great. So Steve, we'll close it out with you then. So sales managers, how can they coach better? Number one, they've got to believe coaching makes a difference. And coaching makes a difference if you put a bunch of like-minded people together 
and they're looking at the same data the same way. And then they're being held to a standard to say, I want to help. And, you know, I, I, I always use this term in our business. There's compliance and then there's adoption. If you get sales reps to adopt a platform, that means they want to use it because they'll get coached against it. And so my, my final suggestion for any sales leader out there is as you enter Q2, why don't you change selling from an individual sport to a team sport and unlock the power of the collaboration of the other team members and see if we can get their perspective and insight to help win that game-changing deal. Great way to end. So for everyone listening and watching, thank you so much for taking the time. We've really tried to add value here. Good luck in your Q2. Everybody's contact info is in the show notes and in the descriptions and on the website. So if you want to work with anyone further, by all means, reach out and they'd be happy to help you. Thanks, Tim.